Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Monica Perez filling in for Eric Erickson. Eric will be back tomorrow, and you can hear me at my regular time, Saturdays from 3 to 6. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I go down the rabbit hole sometimes, but only if, uh, if there is a rabbit hole. And today we are talking about Martin Luther King Day and uh, Martin Luther King's assassination, and there's definitely a rabbit hole there. So, uh, but if you do want to celebrate Martin Luther King Day and enjoy uh, a, a listen of Herman Cain's commemoration of this day, it starts, we're going to replay it on WSB from 7 to 8, so right after the show tonight. But I'm going to continue the conversation we've been having. If you want, if you haven't heard it all, you want to hear other podcasts of my show, you can go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. But uh, I do go down the rabbit hole. I do dig a little deep. And if you are one of the people who thinks that conspiracies are always crazy, which makes no sense because, you know, conspiracy just means that people, you know, most of the conspiracies I'm talking about, people in power use their power and influence, coordinate it, and don't tell you about it on Fox News at night. You know, that's it. There, There isn't much to it. It's for sure true. But when you get to something very, very serious, like killing someone for their political influence, not even power, but really, truly, what Martin Luther King was doing was absolutely consistent with the First Amendment. Uh, Now, I want to dig in a little bit before the end of this uh, half hour on his, uh, his... political philosophy, policies, and affiliations, because I think that stuff's going to start, people are going to make something of that going forward from this moment. So it was 50 years ago he was assassinated. I think it's going to become a big issue coming up soon. But uh, let me, so there were a few things about this assassination attempt that, uh, the, the actual assassination that were interesting to me as far as supporting the idea that there was a conspiracy, there was a reason that he was killed, not just alone, not irrational racism. One of the reasons was he, or one of the pieces of evidence, I think, besides the massive amount of actual evidence about the crime that was brought out by William Pepper in a mock trial, an actual trial, and three books he wrote, including Orders to Kill, which is sitting on my desk right now if you really want to dig into it. One of the things was, though, that uh, King, there was an attempted assassination on him 10 years prior to his actual death. A woman stuck a like a letter opener or something or an ice pick in his chest and uh, he survived it. But it was a clear attempt on his life. There's a letter that uh, surfaced that his wife Coretta said came from the FBI and it urged him to do the only course open to him to uh, keep him from bringing shame and embarrassment onto his family. It's called the suicide letter. The implication is he was supposed to kill himself. Um and then there were actual 
weird circumstances at the at the moment that he was killed, which I'll tell you about. So the actual at the assassination, Binkley, you heard this too, or did you not? The the one thing I and you can tell by the pictures that normally he had a security detail of local cops. And they weren't in the pictures of his assassination, the famous picture of him bleeding on the balcony and people pointing in the direction of the gunshot. There was something so terrible that I that I read in more than one place. I hesitate to even uh, repeat it because uh, the other stuff was kind of in evidence. But that uh, that Jesse Jackson was there and had some. Did you hear this, Binkley, that he was responsible for where? King's room was that King was going to be in an interior room and Jackson moved the room and also moved some of the other people who were supportive of King from uh, from the hotel. Is there did you see any evidence of that? Is that just a rumor? I have read that he was responsible for the hotel room and he was also with Martin Luther King when he was shot. But but I can't verify it right now. Well, Andrew Young was with him and supposedly he was uh, a, another target that that he was yeah. actually in trouble there so that just hang that out there i only just started investigating this story i and it was just a coincidence not because i'm on the air today but just a few weeks ago i stumbled upon this book orders to kill by william pepper and it's just it seems ironclad so if i actually read this gigantic book one of three then I'll, i'm sure i will know what the evidence is for that but uh but here was something Kind of explosive. I think, I guess I'm not the only person who knows this. There was a tweet from Goxram who, that said, what was that tweet, Finkley? Can you read me that tweet? He said, files will be released in 2027. Here we go again. Yes, it so surprised me that he knew about that because this is the story. RFK, Robert F. Kennedy, like a month before JFK was killed, he was the attorney general and he was he authorized surveillance of MLK. All right. So when you think about the big picture here, JFK, MLK, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, um, uh, all these people who were killed. What do they have in common? Well, JFK and RFK were anti-communists and MLK is accused of being uh, like a communist sympathizer. But they all had in common the civil rights stuff. So that is what I'm still thinking. And the anti-war stuff eventually. I think the Kennedys came around to that. So the civil rights stuff uh, was not why RFK was looking at MLK. He was looking at him for communist affiliations. And people, I haven't heard anybody talk about this at all. In November, when Trump just released a whole trove of JFK documents in there, was something that appeared to be totally unrelated, a 20-page FBI dossier on MLK's uh, close affiliates with people who, whether he knew it or not, were in the Communist Party, CPUSA. And this really lays out, uh, you know, it's, it's a very damning dossier, and a lot of people are saying it's just hearsay, it's just a, that, that the FBI put that out to get people on board with undermining MLK. Now, in 2027, which is what that tweet was referring to, the surveillance files are going to be released. So there was surveillance on MLK. So if this stuff is corroborated or unfortunate, um, just personal things come out, everybody has a private life, 
I mean, MLK is a serious hero to a lot of people, millions and millions of people. It would, it, it could be exploited to cause a real, a, a rift in this country much worse than what we're seeing right now. And I'm afraid that this dossier being released quietly into the air is just the beginning of the softening up process for what could be a, uh, a very divisive exercise to keep us fighting with each other and blind to our rights being taken away from us from on high actually get us to support our rights taken away from us from on high uh give me a call 800 wsb talk this is monica perez and for eric erickson we're back it's monica perez and for erickson and we're talking about i i threw in a new wrinkle about the uh, Martin Luther King story, the true story, his power, the assassination, what it was really about. And then I mentioned that I stumbled upon in my research that just this November, the Trump administration in a kind of document dump about the about JFK had this this 20 page FBI dossier on MLK which just detailed the uh, connections between MLK and some members of the Communist Party in the U.S. Very damning document, in my opinion, if you still care about <laughs> the threat of communism. And you look back, it looks to me like it's you know, a way to kind of get people to feel that MLK is a serious threat for that reason, as a communist, as opposed to anything else. And I think that, that the reason he was killed was not that, but for other reasons. Maybe. I don't know. But I want to know what you think. 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I'm going to Ron in Snellville. Hi, Ron. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, uh, my point is simply this. Uh, we need information. We would like to know exactly what happened. I don't think you need to worry about a uh, resurgence or or, or of, uh, you know, conflict between races. You know, yeah, guy. I just don't understand why that document was just thrown out there in November, supposedly by accident. I'm, I'm just trying to understand the motive be- behind releasing that document. And then when I two things happen, one is when MLK Day was being established, there was a congressman who wanted to use those tapes, those surveillance tapes to stop. MLK Day from being established and then at the same time or at another time I can't remember a civil rights organization sued to have those tapes destroyed so I feel like they must have some power that we're we don't know about yet that's the only reason I'm thinking that I maybe I'm wrong about how what the impact would be well if you don't trust people to process information and to have real information yeah you're, you're you're creating another problem by not releasing this I'm a black man that grew up in the 60s and I'll just put it to you bluntly. We need to know what happened. We need to know why it happened, and we need to deal with it. Okay? There's no hiding anymore. I mean, it needs to come out. Do okay? you have an opinion? Do I have an opinion? Like, do you think no, you know? I think, I think that in the times, I think you made alliances with people that kept you moving forward with the mission of making things better for everybody. I think that's that's type of courage. I think that your approach to that, though, I think is intellectual. And it seems to me that the tone of the day through really um, irresponsible media and politicians, they're going out of their way to take the thinking out of our processing and making people just emotional and reactionary. You know what I'm saying? You know, you may not remember this, but two weeks ago, I talked to you about the lemming factor. 
Yeah. You know, I think I think Dr. King would be very upset that our political parties are yeah. telling us what to think and that we're not telling them what they're going to do. I feel like these assassinations were, or that like maybe the 20 years from 63 to 83 or, or whatever, uh, is what really changed this country that way, that, that well, fl- turned the tide. Well, it, it, it turned the tide, but it turned the tide because when you save people and you put responsibility on people for their own futures and the things that they think and do every day, some people abdicate that throne. They don't want that. Well, uh, I'm a libertarian. I believe in personal responsibility and individual liberty on all matters at all times, <laughs> as per Harry Brown. More on this after the break. This is Monica Perez. This is Monica Perez. And for Eric Erickson, Eric will be back tomorrow. My regular show is Saturday, 3 to 6. I am a hardcore libertarian and uh i dive a little deeper than most people in some what i call deep history this is a great opportunity for that we're talking about the assassination of martin luther king and even going a little deeper to uh some of the kind of backstory i was talking about a dossier that was just quietly released in november just a couple of months ago that was an fbi dossier Uh, outlining the associations that Martin Luther King had with people who, in turn, were associated with the Communist Party, CPUSA. And, uh, you know, it's some disturbing stuff. I don't know how it plays in the context of today, or I I should say I really don't know how it played in the context of the 60s. I mean, people were really afraid of communism. That would be a very damaging thing to say. Uh, It wasn't, like, footnoted, so I don't know if, you know, what you believe. I don't know how those things work. But I want to know what you have to say. So I'm going to Ray and Smyrna. Hi, Ray. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for having me on. Um, as far as this uh, recently released FBI dossier about Martin Luther King, I learned a lot about the FBI from an FBI chief by the name of Ted Gunderson. And Gunderson oh, I saw his speeches. videos. Yeah. yeah. He gave many, many speeches. And one of the most important things he ever said was that he was a born-again Christian, and that was why he never allowed the FBI to corrupt him. But he now, was in the Ted FBI. Gunderson, I'm not Ted sure, but God. He was the chief of the FBI in Los Angeles with over 700 agents under his command, and he knew what he was talking about. The FBI is not to be believed. This I learned from Gunderson and other whistleblowers, you know, like Eugene Tatum, who was in the CIA. Well, that's that's an interesting point, because Gunderson seems like I, I wonder about him if he was a disinformation agent or what. Uh, but um, it's, you know, if he if he were to be trusted and that is a good rule of thumb. Yeah. You know what? I don't I don't tend to trust what I hear from the government as a general rule. So uh, let's take it with a grain of salt or let's say let's wait till they prove it, because this dossier, it, it isn't replete with uh, with proofs. So you have to just believe it, and it's clearly meant to influence the person who's reading it. There's a thing called stovepiping where uh, agents of government write the reports in a certain way to influence the guy above them who's reading it. Like there's a big stove, and then the pipe is what the guy above. Maybe it's one, a, a case of that. I'm going to Chris and Winder. Hi, Chris. You're on with Monica. Hi. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, back in the 80s, my dad was a member of a affiliation. And 
he always told me that this affiliation had always heard that JFK and MLK were going to run on the same ticket the next year. So that well, they had made what sure. year was that? JFK and MLK? You mean RFK? You mean Robert Kennedy? 68? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. No, I'm sorry. It was back in the 80s. So I think what you might be talking about is that MLK was thinking of running. There were rumors that he was running. Uh, I've heard that he might run with RFK, Robert Kennedy, who I guess would have been a shoe-in if he had survived, but he too was assassinated around the same time. Uh, I In the book I'm reading, Orders to Kill by William Pepper, it says uh, that MLK was going to run on a ticket with Dr. Benjamin Spock. It was going to be a peace ticket because they were both against the Vietnam War. So those are basically the competing motives for the assassination. Either it was because MLK was going to bring the, uh, the poor people's sit-in to D.C. in that spring or because he was going to be a powerful force to end Vietnam. I actually, I think they, they were really had to have that war continue. They didn't want to win the war. They didn't win the war. But for political reasons, they wanted that war to continue. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, was the more dominant reason. I want to go to a call. I'm going to line one. Rhonda, you hear me? I'm, uh, you're on with Monica. Hi. I was just wondering if, you know, in 2016, with this coming out, and with the current tone in the administration that's been there, if maybe it's a way to kind of discredit Martin Luther King, because Martin Luther King is the one person that unifies pretty much all people and race because of his peace and his tone that he, you know, has always exemplified. So I'm wondering if this administration is putting that out just to kind of put an idea in our head to kind of discredit that he was the I'm, peaceful person that he really was. I'm kind of that. I was trying to rack my brain. Why did this come out now? This dossier. I yeah. am not of the school that uh, that administrations are independent. I think that there's a bigger picture, a shadow government, people behind the scenes who affect these broad. I think this is this could be a de- a, a ten year long operation that was launched with this dossier so i don't think it's just trump being a racist and wanting to cause trouble i think this thing is on a slow burn it could be to the 2027 release of the files but what you're saying that is what i'm afraid of i'm not sure if it's true um maybe i'm overreacting ron from snellville called earlier and he said you know you got to trust people to be able to think for themselves and to assume that it's this easy to light a fire uh, you know, to light this country up is a bit much, but I think they're working on it little by little. And I think you're right. I think that message of peace and unity, and I think that's why Malcolm X was killed too. Once, once somebody is spreading a message of peace and you, I think even Tupac was trying to get the gangs to get along. Yeah, they yeah. say maybe he was killed for that. I think divisiveness. I and I and yeah. I think that nowadays it's so hard for us to be um, unified, and so therefore the only the last national sin symbol is Martin Luther King. If you discredit him, then you pretty much have torn apart all of the unity that there is. I, I, I think that that is a, uh, it's a possibility. I think that would be a very powerful thing. And if they make a good enough case against him, a lot of people will just say, well, you know, it's the truth. You shouldn't be afraid of the truth. But symbols have power. He was set up. Um, 
you know, he's lionized. His his symbolism has even more power than ever. And that's, you know, that's that's something that can be exploited. Let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. This is Monica Perez wrapping it up in for Eric Erickson. He will be back tomorrow after the show tonight at 7. You can hear an encore presentation of WSB's own Herman Cain with a commemoration in honor of Martin Luther King Day. And we have been going deeper than you've probably ever heard on the radio about Martin Luther King and uh, the significance of his death. It is the 50 years this year uh, anniversary of his death. And I, you know, for me, I... I think we need to open our eyes to the what's what really happened. Whenever you hear lone nut gunmen, you know, just look at the sixties, a bunch of lone nut gunmen gunned down the people who were going to take the powerful momentum for change and control that direction, or at least not control it the way it was meant to be controlled by perhaps people like LBJ who said you got to give them something, otherwise you can't control it. They'll take it from you. I mean, that's, that is the mentality. But that lone nut thing comes to today, terrorists, stuff like that. If you hear the lone nut thing and, they, and it's followed by, therefore, we need to take your rights away, you should say, you know what, I'll take my chances. Anyway, so Binkley. Uh, Binkley and I, so my regular show is Saturday, 3 to 6. On WSB, I put the podcast up on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. But Binkley and I also do a podcast, which you can find the feed for that on PropagandaReportDaily.com. So, Binkley, do you have any closing thoughts on, you know, what we've discovered? You and I have been kind of digging into this MLK thing for a while, like for, you know, very deeply for the past few days. I mean, what's your takeaway? I think with so much surveillance from the military and from uh, Co-Intel Intel Pro. Co-Intel Pro. Some people call it Co-Intel Pro. Pro, but it yes. was, that was the FBI spying on all the civil rights leaders to the point, I mean, there was stuff where, uh, wasn't Fred Hampton killed by them, kind of gunned down in bed, basically. There's also other evidence that the Black Panthers was actually militarized and given guns to buy uh an FBI operative. I mean, there was definitely some dialectic at foot, some give and take, some two sides of it in the civil rights movement in the 60s, and look how it turned out. Yeah, total conspiracy around MLK. The lone wolf thing, to me, seems absurd in this case. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think it's it's the, you know, people are like, oh, you're a conspiracy nut job. You have to be a nut job to think. If you <laughs> dig in, you know what? Read one of these books by William Pepper. I mean, his, he, and, and what you were talking about, the Martin Luther King, the King Center website has yeah. thousands of pages of the evidence that was brought up in the civil case against Lloyd Jowers, which the King family won, that he was part of a conspiracy. Right. So so give us a, a closing tweet, and then we're going to wrap right. it up. We have one from Bill, who tweets, Great show today, listening from Abu Dhabi. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, 
I guess that's a compliment. What the heck time is it in Abu Dhabi? I have no idea. Well, it's almost 7 o'clock here, and that is time for Herman Cain's encore of the MLK commemoration. This is Monica Perez.